0: The Blaze Radio Network on demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. So, I don't know. A couple of weeks ago, I saw a an email, uh, or I saw a, a headline about uh, the, the Abraham Lincoln stovepipe hat and his blood-stained gloves, among other things, going up for sale because oh my gosh this museum's going out of business no, no no it's not i called and we reached out right away because we want to help them if that were the case that's not the case they they purchased a few years ago um a collection we'll tell you about it in here a second and it cost them i think nine million dollars and it was worth every single penny This museum, if you don't know anything about it, it is the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. It's up in Springfield. It's just last week was voted the best uh, museum in Illinois. And it's I mean, it is like a real presidential uh, museum that they're building now. I mean, it, it, it has the largest collection of Lincoln papers and artifacts in the world. Uh, it has forty thousand square feet of just galleries, then theaters, then artifact displays. They have a reproduction of the White House of what it looked like in eighteen sixty-one. Um, they have these things where they're you know talking about the you know the ghosts in the library that that um, teach kids you know the importance of libraries and and museums because museums are just they're I mean they're awful they're awful they're not anymore. And the guy who is really um, heading this effort and really uh, making sure that this library uh, remains the best uh, museum in Illinois is uh, the guy who actually was the founding director of the George W. Bush Library here in Dallas, uh, which is an incredible library. His name is uh, Alan Lowe, the executive director, and he joins us now. Hello, Alan.
1: Great to be with you, Glenn.
0: Um, First of all, I want to fully disclose to the audience uh, so they don't think something funny is going on. You are bringing (laughs) you are bringing some of these Lincoln artifacts yourself down to our pop up museum um, here in a couple of weeks. And we are thrilled. But I, I want, as I said to you before, and I want the audience to know, I am such a fan of what alan and and the lincoln presidential library is doing and these items must remain in their hands that i want to expose you and help you in any way to raise to raise money to keep these items uh, in any way i can alan
1: so well thank you so much glenn that, that that is so important to us to to keep that lincoln legacy here together for our visitors for researchers uh, we're the place uh, where that that legacy is preserved and perpetuated. So we greatly appreciate your help. And I'm very excited about bringing some items down here in just uh, a week or so.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the, the items that you, you bought, uh, the foundation paid $23 million for the taper collection. You have like a $9 million bill on this worth every penny. Can you tell me the things that you bought in that collection?
1: Sure. It's it's an amazing collection of artifacts and documents about Abraham and Mary Lincoln. Uh, It includes, you're right, his stovepipe hat, one of the three known to still be in existence. It includes the gloves that were in his pocket the night of the assassination, covered with his blood, the the fan that Mary was carrying that night, Uh, the presidential seal he used in the White House, uh, documents going back to his youth including the earliest known piece of writing where he was practicing his mathematics as a mm-hmm. we think maybe a 13 or 14 year old young man all the way through his presidency to the end of his life so it just goes on and on a great selection of a Abra- of mary lincoln documents as well including her uh,
0: fan bit- that she had that night as she was sitting in the theater
1: that's right with with uh with blood stains on the fan sadly so um, it goes on and on. Uh, Who
0: did this come from? How did this collection sure. come together?
1: So, uh, a collector in California put it together over the years, and this uh, the Abraham Lincoln Library Museum was established in 2005. Uh, and in 2007, the state asked the foundation to consider purchasing that private collection, the Taper Collection, uh, and they did. As you said, they purchased it for 23 million. They've paid it down now to a nine nine point seven million dollars still remains to be paid, and that's our our current our, our big big challenge right. right now. And people
0: can help you by you know just being a, a, a you know a foundation member and actually giving money. That's how this this was purchased um, in the first place is with the foundation, and and it, there's nothing you can do that I think is more important uh, than preserving American history, especially. When it is, um, you know, not in the hands uh, and I don't want to involve you in politics here, Alan, but not in the hands of of uh, of universities that sometimes will have these huge collections and it will lock it up and you won't see it. And this is all about Abraham Lincoln. So this these are always going to be seen because Abraham Lincoln is the topic of this museum.
1: Um, I always say, you know, we are—we're not here just to be a warehouse. We want yeah. to obviously preserve these items. but We want them to be used and to be seen.
0: So, tell me about the—you um, guys are coming down to um, the, you know, our 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 cute little pop-up museum, uh, yeah. and you're bringing the um, handwritten Gettysburg Address.
1: That's right. Tell me That's about right. that. So, of course. So. The, the original Gettysburg address, we're not quite sure what happened to it. You know, Mr. Lincoln was very good with the press. some one theory is that as he left the stage, he handed it to a member of the media and and it's disappeared into history. but there were there were a few copies he wrote out by hand afterwards. And the copy we have, he wrote out for Edward Everett, you know, who's the main speaker that day at Gettysburg. And uh, not long after Everett asked Mr. Lincoln to write down his remarks, which he did, sent to Mr. Everett, who pasted them in a book. With some other things from that day, which I think he sold to help uh, veterans of the war uh, in the 1940s, uh, the School Children of Illinois, uh, along with Mr. Marshall Field, helped purchase that copy of the Gettysburg Address for our predecessor agency, which was the Illinois Historical Library. So um, we have that in our collection. It's in his hand hand it's his handwritten copy of it, and it's. A pretty awesome thing to see. It uh, kind of brings us to tears every time we, we open that box.
0: And it's one of those things that you, at least my age, we had to memorize when we were in school.
1: Oh, well, very much so. And I'll tell you, the international reach of this man, uh, when I started here in 2016, that December, the outgoing Secretary General of the UN came through here and he was on his way back to South Korea. When we got to the Gettysburg Address area of our museum, he turned to me and recited the Gettysburg Address from memory. He young uh, learned it as a young student in korea uh so you see that 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 is the probably the most famous speech in perhaps world history yeah we were we were Uh, talking about that just the
0: other day we were wondering it's the most famous got to be the most famous speech in at least america uh and I i can't think of any i can't even think of anything close and we were talking about this that it's it's like well You know, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall or, you know, you know, the moon shot or nothing to fear but fear itself. But those we know those because there was the press that could replay them over and over and over again. So we hear those this. There was no press that was playing this over and over again. This one was we picked it up because it was so powerful. And we said we we should learn this.
1: It helped define America in a way became. In my mind like a charter document oh lincoln loved the declaration of independence he said every thought every political thought he had emanated from that document and i really put the gettysburg address on uh right up on that pedestal with the declaration of defining what america means to us and to the world
0: helen are you are you surprised at all of uh, about how many people um I, i mean i i had never heard this till i moved down to the south and i moved down to the south you know these people you'll meet these people and they'll be like abraham lincoln i can't believe you like abraham Lincoln. you're like wait, yeah, yeah.
1: what the uh the war of northern aggression i've heard that before.
0: yeah 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 <laughs> uh, i mean there are people that still really do not like abraham lincoln and they say it's because he violated the constitution in all sorts of ways right
1: well we you know we hear that every now and then suspending the writ of habeas corpus and uh, you know he did jail certain war opponents and you know he he talks about that as he goes through the presidency why he's taking these steps To save the Constitution, to save the Union, he had to take certain steps, uh, kind of an existential crisis, right? So you had to do certain things, but he knew he was kind of trotting along the line there of what was constitutional and what was not, uh, all to preserve this last best hope of man. So uh, I do hear that sometimes. You hear sometimes, well, he was a racist and so on and so forth. And my um, initial response to that always is, come here come see these exhibits, come use these archives, come, you know, take part in our programs, really learn about the man, what he stood for, and you'll see that's all wrong.
0: I will tell you Uh, that uh, we have a piece through Harlan Crowe. I don't know. I'm sure you know him. Uh, I do, yeah. And uh, Harlan has collected this amazing writing from Abraham Lincoln, long before he was uh, president of the United States, trying to, as an attorney, explain to the American people why slavery is wrong and how... You know, people are people and uh it, it debunks everything that you hear and yet somehow or another that racist he didn't care about the slaves, he didn't care about black people story is
1: is the winning one right now. And he said if slavery's not wrong then nothing's wrong. And what you see though with Lincoln is a real uh despite what some of his critics say, a real adherence to the Constitution. So he knew, sadly, uh, that some protection had been written into the original Constitution. And so when he went into office, as you know, what he said is, slavery will not spread, right? And then the hope was over time it would it would be extinguished. Uh, now he realized also that's why he's so supportive of the 13th Amendment, is he knew the Emancipation Proclamation was a wartime measure done as commander-in-chief. How do you make sure that the stain of slavery is removed from that Constitution? That was the 13th Amendment.
0: Any doubt in your mind that if Abraham Lincoln would have lived that reconstruction and all of those dark times would have been different
1: no doubt no doubt in my mind no doubt in my mind and i will tell you one man who deserves more credit than he gets is ulysses grant for what he did try to do uh to remain true to what he saw as lincoln's vision um in helping uh the freedman and helping uh, rebuild the south and so forth but i have no doubt that it would have been a much different place if lincoln had survived
0: alan thank you so much god bless you and we'll we'll talk again see you next week
1: Look forward to it. You bet. Thanks, bud. You bet.
0: Alan Lowe, he's the executive director of the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum, uh, and uh, he's joining us. Um, and he'll be he'll be here. On, I think I think he's required to be with the Gettysburg Address the whole time. So you're going to be able to talk to him and ask him. Considering how chocolatey your hands get from the chocolate bars you're eating all the time, he should be around <laughs> those documents, right? All the time. Well, I mean, I could not eat chocolate that. No. (laughs) All right. Anyway, June 15th through the 17th. Tickets are on sale right now. You can come and join us. MercuryOne.org slash museum2018 makes a great Father's Day uh, gift. It's Father's Day weekend, June 15th through the 17th. I'll be there, and I hope to see you there. Grab your tickets now.
1: Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network.